Greeting cards have all been sent. The Christmas rushes through, but I still have one wish to make. A special one for you. Merry Christmas, darling. We're apart. That's true. But I can dream, and in my dreams, I'm Christmasing with you. Holiday Welcome to a very special holiday edition of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamanini. I am joined by the illustrious, the indelible, the one and only Grace Aki. Grace, happy holidays. Happy holidays. We are here in lieu of a Today on Broadway episode because it is the holidays, and there's not much news, so we had... Uh, We had to figure out what we're going to do with an episode. So what we are doing today, Grace, is we are going to run through each of our top three favorite plays of 2023. 2023. These can be on Broadway. They can be off Broadway. They can be in London. They can be regionally. They can be anywhere that we want to. Personally, and this does not have to pertain to you, Grace, although I'm not sure if you really saw anything on tour, I am not including anything for either this or the musicals episode, which we're going to do later in the week. Uh, I'm not including anything that I saw on tour just because that kind of defeats the purpose. I, you know, especially if it's been on Broadway, I'm not going to include those. Although for the performances episode that we do later as well, I will include or at least make eligible any performers that I saw on tour. So just to make that clear, um, but we're going to do our top three, maybe throw in some honorable mentions if we want. But Grace, why don't you let me know what your number three favorite play that you saw in 2023 was? My number three choice for, and by the way, I'm I'm saying all I full disclosure. I am only talking about shows that I had nothing to do with work wise. These are Very all fair. shows that I just genuinely went to go see and was blown away by. So I'm starting with actually that's going to be a life coming up. Okay, so I was blown away by Wet Brain by John uh, Caswell mm-hmm. Jr. at Playwrights Horizons. I, it was my first time seeing his work. I was so very moved because I went in very, very blind. And my partner and I were just so stunned at how expertly crafted and bizarre and thoughtful this piece was. It made me a forever fan of him. And I think that anytime you're kind of introduced to someone's work and then all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm in love with them. I'm in love with their catalog, whatever it is. I want to see it. Um, And that's what happened here. So I just, I want to shout out wet brain. It was incredibly moving. Over this past weekend, Grace, I watched the live stream of Scene Partners from the Vineyard Theater, also written by John J. Caswell Jr., absolutely unhinged. I mean, it was so unique and so bizarre in all the ways that you want a really interesting cutting-edge play to be, so I can only imagine what Wet Brain was like, and I wish I would have gotten a chance to see that production, but hopefully I'll get to see another production of it in the future. My number three show of this year was one in which I talked to two of the stars here on Broadway Radio, and that was the hyper-intimate loft production of Uncle Vanya that starred David Cromer and um, Julia Chan, who I spoke with together here for an episode, but also featured Will Brill, who will come back in a conversation uh, for another show that I'm going to talk about here in a second. Then had Will Dagger, Marin Ireland, uh, and others was an absolutely incredible electric production. I went with Ashley Steves, and we sat there in the front row and just watched these incredible actors dive into what is 
an iconic script and obviously it was a um uh it was it was a revised uh, adapted production and and script of it but it was just so captivating to see that type of powerful performance that up close in an environment that was kind of devoid of all of the normal theatrical trappings that we think of when it comes to plays, even stripped down plays. But it was so special. Uh, we've, we've talked about these things here recently, Grace, with especially with the, um, oh gosh, what we were talking about last week that was done in a little mini lofty type thing. I don't remember. But, um, oh, it's another the other show that David Cromer is doing. That's right, the new one. But it just brings something so different. You know, we, we talk about theater being this relationship between the performers and the audience. And I think that's obviously true, whether you are in a loft or, you know, at a huge Broadway or touring house, but when you are literally so close, you can reach out and touch actors. Not that you ever should, obviously the energy and the connection and the vibes of that performance are just so much more palpable. And that was very much the case for this. So even if it wasn't a great performance and production, which this absolutely was, I think that obviously heightens it. But when you throw in the absolute incredible talent that was on stage, and I'm using air quotes for that in this production, uh, it only makes it even that more intense and that more exciting. So Uncle Vanya in a loft, obviously, full disclosure, produced by O'Henry Productions, uh, good friend Oliver Roth. But the fact that it's showing up on like the New York Times best theater of 2023 list, I think, gives me a little bit of cover to make it not just something that I'm saying because uh, my friend was involved. So uh, anyway, that was my number three. Grace, what's your number two? My number two play selection is Pearly Victorious by Aussie Davis. Um, mm-hmm. This revival is really, really well done. Carrie Young being employed, as you all know gives me great joy. Um, But I think that this is a really, really well done revival of a play. Um, The performances are outstanding. The subject matter continues to baffle me that it is ever not changing, Um, that that it's still incredibly relevant today. And I think it's one of my favorite theater experiences of all time. Uh, Yeah, I think it is because, uh, and I, I don't know if I've told this before on Broadway radio, but on opening night, I saw Spike Lee look out into the the ending uh, of the show, which, spoiler alert, um, there is an Aussie Davis image that is projected onto the stage. And to see mm-hmm. Aussie's work and then his children, but also Spike kind of like in just this beautiful moment. Um, and they've been, you know, they were collaborators. He was an right. inspiration um, to Spike. It was just so moving and to see that, you know, decades and decades and decades of these storytellers and filmmakers and writers and playwrights. And um, it was just so like I get goosebumps thinking about it. So, um, yeah, I think that that was in my top plays this year because it's not a new play, but it felt brand new. And I think that that's worth noting in a revival that when something can feel so incredibly fresh. That's nice. That's that's the work of a good director. That's the work of a good Kenny Leon. Um, that's the work of a great cast that is collaborating on stage and the help of the audience that's willing to go on that ride. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, Ozzie Davis and Ruby D both appeared in one of our collective favorite movies, Do the Right Thing, which is directed by Spike Lee. So hearing that is just uh, is just magical. All right, my number two is a play that 
as we're recording, spoiler, we're recording on the 17th, it is closing today off Broadway at Playwrights Horizons, and that is stereophonic. Don't worry. You will almost assuredly have a chance to see it again here very soon. It is a new play written by David Ajimi and directed by Daniel Oiken. It features songs by um, Arcade Fire's Will Butler. The cast is tremendous. Will Brill, who I mentioned earlier with Uncle Vanya, Andrew R. Butler, Juliana Canfield, Eli Gelb, Tom Pasinka, Sarah Pigeon, and Chris Stack. It is... One of those things where you go into it, Grace, and I think the hype was so huge around this show and and absolutely deservedly so. I wasn't sure exactly what to expect. I expected maybe something a little bit more explosive than it was. I th- I was thinking maybe like an August Osage County type of explosion, but that is certainly not this. This is a show that is within five minutes you know who all these characters are, even if you don't really know anything about them as individuals, but you get such an obvious, immediate reaction to who they are, which is part of the the writing and part of the performances, that you just feel for them and you want good things for all of them. Every single one of these people is flawed, and some tremendously so, but... They are all human and they are all compelling and they are all sympathetic in different ways. This is a three hour show, three three plus hour show, even about a band in the mid 70s kind of rising to stardom. And this is a multi day week month recording session for a new album. It's not based especially on Fleetwood Mac, but the inner band relationships obviously mirror some of the things that we know of the real life Fleetwood Mac, but it is incredibly powerful. Something that I think, well, you'll think about uh, for a long time afterwards. And it's one of those shows that you're not talking about the plot afterwards. You're talking about the performances and the emotions and the moments. And I think that's kind of of a thing that we don't get all the time, especially in our kind of popular entertainment that is so much about the plot and the twists and the turns. And I think that has certainly seeped into our theatrical space as well. And that is definitely not this. And I thought it was absolutely incredible. So stereophonic now closed at playwrights horizons, but almost assuredly coming to a stage, a bigger stage in New York city fairly soon. Um, so that's my number two, Grace. What is your number one? Ooh, wow. 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 Can't believe we already made it here. Yeah. All right. So my number one, I'm going with How to Defend Yourself by Liliana Padilla. Mm-hmm. That show has stayed with me. I'm still thinking about it all the time. And I also like it was such a blur because it happened so fast. It was so rich and raw and so realistic. Like the way that this playwright um has woven like the way that teenagers and college women especially like speak to each other in a really uh, palatable way for any audience was really moving. And the subject matter, I felt like I could have watched them all talk about it for episodes and episodes. Like I really did see it spiraling out into like a a, a television series, to be honest, but it was, it was just excellent. It was well-made New York theater workshop continues to hit. Um, It was just really, really great stuff. I I think it was so strong. So that was, that was my favorite. I love that for you. I mean, I know it's a a difficult, challenging 
topic that they dive into there, but uh, I've only heard incredible things about it. So fantastic. My favorite play of the year, and there's a little bit of a theme, I guess there's connective tissue be all, between all three of these, but my favorite was A Doll's House uh, on Broadway, and I've talked about it uh, quite a bit, so I won't spend a lot of time. This was obviously a Henrik Ibsen play, but adapted by Amy Herzog, who's coming back with another Ibsen play uh, on Broadway this year, directed by Jamie Lloyd. The cast led by Jessica Chastain, but also features Arian Moyad and Tasha Lawrence and Okarite and Adawan, even though I did not see uh, Okarite, Michael Patrick Thornton and, and others. I'd never seen a production of A Doll's House, although I had seen A Doll's House Part 2 multiple times. Um, the simplicity and the stripped back nature of any Jamie Lloyd production, especially this one, is so... I, I think it's so dangerous because if you don't have the talent in terms of the actors to pull it off. I think it it lays bare all of the deficiencies in their performances. That was not the case here. Every single person on the stage was incredible, especially Jessica Chastain, who I'd never really, I mean, I didn't dislike, but I'd never been a huge fan of Jessica Chastain. She was a, a good actress, but just absolutely captivating and, uh, and Arian as well. But especially Jessica, I mean, she's just so expressive in the tiniest of ways and a lot of times in a big theater and even though this was not necessarily in a huge theater in the Hudson but it you know is big enough those can get swallowed but her slightest movements her slightest facial expressions her slightest adjustments in her posture were communicative and I don't think that that is an easy thing to do especially when they are so limited. So um, this one still stays with me, still just an incredible production and makes me very excited for anything else that we get from Jamie Lloyd that is a very bare bones set and everybody wearing black that might eventually end up on Broadway here very soon. But uh, A Doll's House, the revival uh, adapted by Amy Herzog and directed by Jamie Lloyd, my number one show, or my number one play of the year. Grace, do you have any other honorable mentions that you want to throw in? Um, I want to throw in in case uh, Just for Us by Alex Edelman was on people's mm. 2023 radars versus last year because you and I saw it last year. Um, but because it was on Broadway this year, I just wanted to shout it out uh, because it was great and um, I want to continue to champion it. Um, so, yeah, that that would be my other uh, addition. Yeah, my honorable mentions, one you mentioned, Pearly Victorious, was just, that was my number four. So that was just on the outside looking in. Also, Jaja's African Hair Braiding, which we saw together as well, just tremendous and and a great play that I think is on there. But also, I want to throw one out that I saw at the Riverside Theater in Vero Beach. It was a production of a comedy of tenors, which was fantastic. I spoke with Jen Cody, who was one of the stars in it here on Broadway Radio back in the spring, sometime February or March. Great production. I've never seen that show. But just as a reminder, there are great plays and musicals happening at regional theaters across the country. So don't miss an opportunity to check those out if you see one that piques your interest. All right, that is all that we have for you on this episode of Broadway Radio. Let us know what your favorite plays were of the year of the calendar year 2023 uh, on social media you can find us at Broadway Radio pretty much anywhere you can find me at BWW Matt and Grace at It's Grace Aki have a wonderful day a wonderful holidays and we'll be back to talk to you depending on when this comes out on the next business day we're apart that's true but I can dream and in my dreams 
I'm Christmasing with you. Holidays, a joyful.